0: Welcome to the Health to Vitality Podcast, where we stop struggling to be healthy and empower ourselves to create vitality. I'm your host, Matthew Lobosco, and our first podcast is an interview with one of my favorite humans on the planet, Dr. Yoshi Ram. Dr. Yoshi is a board-certified osteopathic family physician with a separate board certification in integrative and holistic medicine. He has been my doctor and my family's Dr. For the last 15 years. And the best way I describe him to people is, yes, they make doctors like this. And what I mean is a doctor who truly listens, includes you in the process, and understands that all modalities, whether allopathic or homeopathic, have a place. In this episode, we talk about resiliency, one of the most important elements of creating vitality in the systemic body Dr. Yoshi shares the most important pieces of creating resiliency and vitality for our bodies. And don't forget to subscribe to the Health to Vitality podcast by clicking on the subscribe button. All right, let's jump in to my talk with Dr. Yoshi Ram. Enjoy. As I, as I said in the intro, um, I, 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 I openly will say that I love this man. I, I, I truly uh, love him. Uh, Yoshi, um, he has had such a huge impact, not only on my family's life and my life and support, but so many people um, that I know that I've uh, referred to the Oasis family. And it's just an absolute pleasure to, to, that you took the time to talk about how we can help more people in the world, man. So welcome, welcome. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you, Matt, for hosting me, and uh, you know all that. Right back at you. Thanks, brother, and so, happy birthday! I'm not going to oh, let you I get have... away with that. Day yeah, <laughs> of cool. the recording. I have to edit that out, but okay. Uh, okay. Thirty-five <laughs> years old. You can edit that part in. <laughs> I'll keep I'll that part in. Yes. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we we're here to talk about is is the most the best things we can be doing at different levels to build resiliency in the body. And this idea of resiliency is something that's kind of a major focus of mine this year is to study resiliency and and, um, and what I can do to build resiliency within myself, not just from a health standpoint, from mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, this idea of resilience. And so you and your team at Oasis are always at the cutting edge of, of supporting the body to do what it's designed to do, which is to defend itself, repair itself, regenerate itself, et cetera. And I'm gonna borrow this, the definition from the HeartMath Institute of Resilience just kind of set the stage for our conversation today. But I just loved their their definition. It's definitely a broad definition, but I just think it, it speaks directly to what we're here to talk about. And so HeartMath Institute defines resilience as the capacity to prepare for, recover from, and adapt in the face of stress, challenge and adversity. And so what I love about this idea of resilience is it's not about trying not to meet challenge, adversity and stress. It's not about trying to avoid it. It's putting ourselves in a position that when and if these things happen we have a capacity to manage it not that we're looking to find it in the world don't get me wrong i mean obviously there's things we can do to be smart about it we don't just run into traffic and say i built enough resiliency to take a hit from a car of course (laughs) that's not what we're talking about but but accepting like hey life has stress challenges and adversity in it um in all the different ways and obviously one of the predominant things right now in our world is you know, viruses, bacterias, and colds, and flus, and all the things that are out there. So what what we're going to do here with with Dr. Yoshi is he's going to share us kind of what I would call his go-to um, most impactful, most influential uh, ways to build resilience in the body in, in four categories we're going to walk through. One is just lifestyle, so things that anybody can do theoretically. You don't need resources, etc. It's just things that 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 Literally, anybody can implement. We're going to talk about the foods, or maybe a way of eating, or or just some some foods that 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 you have found to be to to help really support the body with the capacity to be resilient. Then we're going to talk about your favorite supplements, you know, the ones that that really get you know bang for your buck, really seem to support the system in this way. And then I'm really excited for you to share some of the really incredible things that uh, you and your team at Oasis are doing. Um, we'll call them, we'll put them in the intervention category that obviously requires some resource and coming into a clinic like yours and doing some of the amazing things that you're doing with people um, with ozone and other things. Um, super, super uh, excited to talk about that. So ready to get started, man. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. <laughs> Anything you want to add to that? Does that sound? No, it sounds It sounds brilliant. I love the idea of resiliency because that, to me, that's so much of what life should be about, right? We want to, I'll speak for myself. I want to go out and enjoy life, right? And the more resilient I am, the more I am able to enjoy my life. Amen, my friend. Extract all the life out of life is what I always say. (laughs) It dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and Matt you know I know you're interviewing me for this but you also know a lot so you know I'm not always correct and I might leave something out so I just invite you to pipe in and or ask a question for sure. Guys, I rest my case. When you hear a doctor with the capacity that this man has, even say what he just said to me, I rest my case. Okay. This is the kind of human that we're dealing with here. I, I don't know if you know this, Yoshi, but one of the ways that I describe you is I just say to people, yes, they make doctors like this. I, I don't have to say anything else. Right. So again, just uh, appreciate as always, your openness and humility to explore further. Um, so, thank you for for saying that. Um, so, category one, my man, lifestyle. Like, what would you say would be some of the most impactful things people could be looking at um, to just build resiliency in their body, put their body in the best position to extract the most out of life on an everyday basis, knowing that there's things out there that we need to be mindful of. Yeah. So, great question, and. I actually break it. I know a top three is always lovely, but I have a top eight. Okay, fine eight, so, <laughs> And it's, you know, which one is the most important? It's kind of like, which child of mine do I love the most? I mean, obviously I have an answer, right? But okay. I'm not going to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I jest. But truly, I break it down into, we got what I say is we got to eat right. And I know that's going to be kind of our next tier. Um, we got to drink right. We got to poop right. We got to sleep right. We got to move right. We got to breathe right. We got to nature right. So be in nature and then think right and speak right. Mm-hmm. And I know you're, you're a big wheelhouse is the the last couple there, the speak right and think right. So I don't think we're going to, I don't need to go into that. But, um, you know, drinking right. First one on that list. Um, everybody's heard Six, eight ounces, eight eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, yes and no. Okay, first of all, most people are dehydrated. All right. So, if all things being equal, yeah, go out, go out, make sure you drink eight ounces, eight glasses of water a day. But what I would say is, if you can make sure that that water is structured,
1: mm-hmm. water,
0: um, you don't need eight ounces of water a day because really, all you need to do is be hydrated. And when you drink structured water, and there's uh, Gerald Pollack's The Fourth Phase of Water is a good resource. So I'm just going to kind of throw that out there. We're not going to go into everything that structured water really is because okay. we don't, that's a five-hour discussion in and of itself. Okay. But um, again, Gerald Pollack's Fourth Phase of Water, I think it's called. Feel free to look it up um, or at least read a little summary. But it's basically just what it sounds like making water into a more structured, um, form. And when we drink that type of water, it goes into our cells and it literally hydrates us at the cellular level. And a there's kind of, there's biohacky ways of getting structured water. You can also just take, um, clean filtered water, throw a little bit of uh, Himalayan salt in there and set it in, into a jar, a glass jar, ideally, and set it in the sun. That is going to structure the heck out of your water. Okay. And if you can start your day off with like a glass or two of that first thing in the morning, you're hydrated huh. and you're probably hydrated for the rest of the day. Okay. Now, again, maybe somebody will need a third or fourth or fifth glass of water, but you don't need eight ounces, eight glasses of water that way. Hmm. So you're so, talking basically, we would say quality over quantity here. Yes, is that another way to think that, about. It? That's a great way to say it. And so, just 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 to clarify, is there a a ratio of the amount of Himalayan sea salt to water? So if I have, let's we'll say, a ten ounce ten ounce glass or eight ounce glass, are we putting a teaspoon in there, half a half teaspoon, like just just throwing like a quarter teaspoon? Okay, um, oh. even an eighth of a teaspoon. It's not. This is, that part of the equation is not even important. I mean, you could throw in uh, five grains and that would be enough. Five grains, um, dissolve it, and then let sunlight shine on it. And that's going to structure your water. Interesting, man. So it's not necessarily about the saturation of the sea salt. It's about the impact those three variables have on water as as, as, as the whole entity, so to speak. Exactly. And it creates easier cellular communication. I love it, man. This is awesome. Not okay, great. Yeah. So, so that's drink right. Okay. okay. And we got poop right, which kind of goes with the food. You got to get that shit out of you. Okay. <laughs> and so weird. everyone has got to poop at least once a day. If you're not pooping once a day, um, something needs to be shifted. Okay. Period. 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 Okay. I, I mean, the only time you shouldn't be pooping at least once a day is if you're maybe fasting. Okay. Which we can get into later. Um, that's really the only excuse that I can think of. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, one to three times a day, I would say. Okay. Kinda, and and some people are really good with once a day. Some people really need that three times a day. So I don't don't be too discerning between that. But gotcha. Got to have. Got to do it got it yeah and is there any any i know i know this is could be a rabbit hole but like what your poop looks like clean poop does it float up top does it sink i mean i know we don't need to go into this too much but how much is there to that stuff because i know there's a lot. yeah no that's a that's a really good question um it should be formed but not hard and crack crackly so it should come out like, I mean, it really should look kind of like a banana, slightly softer, um, you know, just in the sense that it can kind of form to the toilet uh, without necessarily breaking. Um, if it's harder than that and has a lot of cracks in it, that's, that's really, you're constipated. Okay. Um, does, that, does that coincide with dehydration? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Like we just talked about? Okay, cool. Amen. Right. Yeah. I wasn't really sure we were gonna talk about our poop being like a ripe banana, but this is getting good I mean, already, man. We, a bit. we 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 gotta. <laughs> um and then sleeping right. I mean, this is if I were to pick a favorite child, this would probably be one, two, or three. Um you can't sleep. pick one, can you? <laughs> I still can't. <laughs> you know, and this goes back to it's there's not there's not one best thing for everyone, right? It's meeting the person where they're at. And so somebody might I with these categories, I say I'd love for you to get a B, a grade of a B on all of these. Wow. Right. Wow. We don't need to get an A or an A plus on every one of them. You are not a failure if you don't, right? But at the same time, are you, time, sure, man? Are you right? sure? <laughs> At the same time though, we don't want to be average. We don't want to have C's. We do not want to be an average American Person, because yeah. the average American is very, very unhealthy, wow. but if we can just take this and kind of raise each of these categories get a b a b plus, that would be wonderful if you get an A or an A plus fantastic, but don 't do it um, at the expense of stressing about it right Stress. and so the the person who is getting a D or a C on their sleep or an F on their sleep this is this is number one awesome. okay. Perfect. And so sleep, I mean, when it comes to just resilience immune system, I will just talk personally. I suck when I don't get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, 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 think that's pretty obvious. Uh, something that you will hear is got to get eight hours of sleep. This is kind of goes back to the quality over quantity though. Right. Um, there are, you can get 6 hours of if you're getting 6 hours of quality sleep i would take that over 9 hours of poor quality sleep mm. every day okay so there's there's a lot of sleep trackers out there um again without getting too uh into the weeds on different devices um you know if you got a good nights sleep if you wake up and you f- feel well rested and mentally clear you got a good night's sleep you probably had quality you don't need a device to tell you if you got good sleep. Gotcha. I, I think we're this day and age, especially with biohacking, and I love biohacking. Sure. Who does <laughs> at the same time, right? But at the same time, I feel like a lot of people are relying on machines to tell them what they already know in their body. Mm-hmm. Right. I've also seen it get in people's heads. Mm, big time. The machine says i didn't do well so yeah. i must not have <laughs> yeah, right. it even goes to that extreme sometimes i've seen <laughs> yes uh, amen so next one on the list i i would say move right so a lot of people think of this as exercise uh yeah exercise but really it comes down to movement and i break this into four sometimes i'll throw in a fifth category but it's kind of I think of it as cardiovascular exercise, which I think is what most people think of as exercise, right? I went out for my hour-long walk or I went for my run, right? I run three times a week, so I I exercise enough. Well, that's one category, right? That's great for blood vessel health, for sure, Um, lung health. Like, it's very good, but it's only a piece of the puzzle. The other one would be flexibility, agility, and strength, Um, I think hitting, and you got to hit all four. I mean, if you want to live a healthy, vibrant, into old age life, you got to hit all four of those categories. And again, just speaking for myself, I kick butt on the cardiovascular. I do okay on strength. I don't, I probably get a C on flexibility and my agility these last couple of years. Oh my God, I'm, I'm probably failing or getting a D. Okay. I mean, I oops, I suck. <laughs> I suck at agility. I mean, I look at my kids and they're just springing off the floor and not that I would expect a, an 80 year old to do that, but you know what? We should be able to get up off the floor when we're 85 years old, right? And that sounds so mundane, but we should be able to do that. At 40 years old, I should be able to pick up my child and kind of throw them in the air, right? And And catch them or just throw them? (laughs) Just throw them. Half (laughs) half of the time, I just want to throw them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I, again, it's cardiovascular, flexibility, agility, and strength. Um, Another one, I would just say, I'll throw in lymphatic movement. So sometimes that can just be like, just sitting here kind of bouncing up and down that gets the lymph flow which sometimes if someone's um, in a hard physical situation sometimes that's all that you can do right and so it's kind of knowing the the timing of that but getting the lymph flow the lymphatic system in our it's kind of like a blood vessel system throughout our body um, but it doesn't have any blood in it but it's the way that our interstitial fluids really flow through us and including it's, it's largely responsible for um, our immune system as well. And so if we're lying in bed, just barely moving at all, we're not even getting that lymphatic system or the immune system flowing. And so just pedaling your feet back and forth or standing up and just kind of bouncing on your feet like this, that alone is, is moving the lymph. Now, if you're doing those other forms of exercise, you're also moving the lymph, but Again, in those harder times, sometimes just kind of focusing on moving the lymph is is all you can do. I'm I'm not sure if this is correct, but but is one of the key elements to making sure lymphatic lymphatic uh, motion is happening. You talked about bouncing on your feet that are the two key elements that are being addressed. There is one gravity right? You're standing up, mm-hmm. you're not lying down, because I noticed that you said, hey, when you're lying down, it's harder for that lymphatic to flow. So being compressed and using gravity, but also is, is there something to the calf contraction as a pump to move things through? I know that this, the calf, the soleus has been referred to as the second heart. Yeah. Oh, so that is more for the cardiorespiratory system. But I was curious, as you're saying this, is that also a variable with the lymphatic system? So yes, muscles, the more you use your muscles, that, that really is what pumps the lymphatic system. And actually from just a purely lymphatic system standpoint, it probably flows better if you are horizontal, okay. but it doesn't flow at all. If you're not moving. Ah. So that was that kind of example. If you're in bed feeling sick or chronic fatigue or. Depressed, and you're really not moving. Like you're not moving your lymphatic system. The movement is the key. The movement is it's the interesting key. Interesting that being hor- being horizontal. Do you, can you speak to that? Because I just find that fascinating. What is it about the horizontal position that is better for the lymphatic system? All, all the lymphatic system actually drains into us right here on our left, kind of right below our clavicle bone, yeah. into the the veins there, and. <clears throat> so if you're if you're vertical, not moving, <laughs> you know the lymph is is got to fight gravity. Got you. Okay, so gravity is variable. I just had it back. Okay. Correct. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, if you turn yourself upside down, uh, you know. Yeah. Option. Right. Um. So, I think that's a that's good on the movement front. Um, I just I I'll just say you know I I just see so many elderly people and it's like by the time we're sixties 70 80 we're just kind of starting to do this mm-hmm. that's not necessary we can be 90 years old standing up straight and also just able to get up and down off the floor right Amen. um <clears throat> next one i mentioned breathe right so i'm sure you talk a lot about this but breath is just it's so profound and i i it's kind of a both an unconscious movement as well as a conscious movement, and um, I don't know how. I, I'm gonna just let you kind of you do your thing on that, um, but <laughs> well, it's give, super important. Okay, give us one little, us one little ditty on it, Yosh, because I mean this is a pretty large thing. If you have one, just yeah. No, I would say simply be conscious. Okay, also awesome. be conscious of your breath. Um, okay. yep. If you're finding yourself. Not laughing (laughs) because when you laugh, you're breathing, right? If you're not laughing, just kind of tune in. How's my breathing? And if you're not, if you, if you kind of find yourself holding your breath a little bit, well, then just breathe, just slow, calm breathing. So there's a a bazillion different breathing techniques out there, but just be conscious of it. it. And one little simple thing to do, I would say, on the breathing front. So many people when they sleep, and this actually ties into the sleep category. So many people snore deeply or have a little bit of sleep apnea. Um, mouth taping is amazing. Yes. Uh, so I'll just 3M micropore medical tape. You can pick it up at a Walgreens or CVS type of places or buy it on Amazon. 3M micropore medical paper tape. Just put it over the mouth when you're sleeping and it sounds kind of scary has never killed anybody. Uh, So you're good. (laughs) Um, But it teaches you to breathe through your nose nose and not through your mouth. When you breathe through your nose, you tend to balance out your autonomic nervous system, your parasympathetic, your sympathetic, your kind of your rest, digest or your fight or flight response systems. Um, so it has a profound, well, on everything from mood to um, just your whole physiology. But it's a very simple, very cheap kind of hack to help your sleep. And what I would say is go easy. If for those of you out there who want to give this a try, just do it while you're awake. OK, because it can be a little bit nerve wracking and you can, it can actually initially bring up anxiety feelings if you just slap a piece of tape on your mouth and try to go to sleep you're gonna be like don't don't use (laughs) don't use duct tape don't wrap it all the way around the head (laughs) you know just something that can go like this and it doesn't have to be airtight i mean i have a mustache and a beard i do it when i'm being diligent um but it doesn't have to be airtight okay um, practice while you're awake, and then go easy on yourself. The first time you put it on when you're going to sleep. If after a minute you're like, "This is too much," just take it off and give yourself a couple more practice days, and then try it again. And if at some point you got to wake up after an hour and you're kind of feeling a little bit anxious about it, just take it off. Go easy, right? So it's you're you're kind of you have to train yourself mentally to be able to handle it. From a physiologic standpoint, I mean, unless you're Nose is just completely plugged right in the middle of the cold. You can handle it, anybody can handle it so it's a it 's a very profound, simple uh, technique basically the, the mind taps out before the body does exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. does that happen ever <laughs> and then um i 'll throw out nature, so I say nature right and I mean, this day and age, so many of us are stuck in cities and buildings, working all day in an office building with the synthetic light on us, not getting out into nature or hearing the sounds of nature, much less grounding in nature. And so it's just, it's it's simply get out in nature. And for those of you who have easy access to that, fantastic. I mean, Matt, go on the sand and water barefoot, like that grounds and just... Changes the whole electrical system of your body. She'll be proud of me. Everyone's yeah. Good. Nice. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people don't have access right to that. And so it's as simple as going to the little grassy patch on the side of the sidewalk and taking your feet out of your shoes and socks and putting them actually on the earth on the grass. And just it it electrically discharges you and balances you. So that's called grounding. Um, the sound of nature. I mean, humans have evolved with nature and so ideally you're going out in nature and hearing those natural sounds. Right. Um, but a little hack, if you're, you know, if you can't do that as often as you'd like is listen to nature sounds, just like as ambient music or ambient sound, it, it kind of can trick our mind into relaxing And, um, and then huge one that goes in the nature category is sunlight. Um, this is sunlight is so underappreciated in our society. It is insane. And it is so good for the immune system. It is so good for your resiliency. Now I'm not talking getting sunburned. Sunburned is never good. Right. But getting a healthy dose of sun, um, it, I mean, all the light spectrum comes from the sun. So UVA, UVB, UVC, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, infrared, far infrared. I mean, these infrared, far infrared, and the whole visible light spectrum, super, super healing. And they just, they they turn on your mitochondria. Mm-hmm. And we can talk more later about what mitochondria are, um, but it, it, it's... Uh, dermatologists would have us put slather sunscreen on all day, every day, and be happy if we never saw the sun. People are sicker who do that plain and simple literature science bears that out. Um, so you got to get sun in a healthy way, never with a sunburn though. So if you're not used to the sun, just start with a few minutes and work your way up Add a minute or two or three each day. And your body's going to, um, be able to handle the sunlight better that way things I want to ask you about that I've heard um, are significant when getting your dose of sun. Two things that I was taught way back when was actually the importance of not, at times, not wearing sunglasses. Obviously, you don't want to stare at the sun, but there is a benefit to the sunlight getting into your eyes. And what I remember is that it actually can be supportive to the thyroid. So that's one thing I'd love to hear your thoughts on. And the other thing is when you get exposure to sunlight, like making sure you're like, like taking your shirt off, getting it like the significance of getting sun on your, on your abdomen, especially Mm -hmm. I think with vitamin D. And so just this exposure to sun is if we're, if we're going to get best bang for our buck, I mean, we can go outside and have our sunglasses on and have our, have our coats on, but maybe we're missing the benefit. So I am just curious, because as you were talking, because those two things just kind of popped into my head, is that something that you've also found to be uh, helpful or valid? Yeah. So you want to, it's great to do morning time sun gazing it's called um, okay. actually just like for a few minutes, right. As the sun rises over the horizon in the morning, um, you can actually look directly into the sun. No. That's when I want the, to be far red. That's when the red, that's more red light in the sunrise. It's actually more blue light, but it will, it's more red infrared light. And then it turns blue real quickly. Ah, okay. And then during sunset, that's when we get the more orange and red Got it, light. Right. Gotcha. And getting morning sunlight, especially into the eyes. Now, again, don't just go like I'd suggest people read up on this. I don't want to make people blind (laughs) Um, staring straight into the sun in the middle of the day is like a horrible idea. Okay. But getting morning sunlight into our retina, into the back of the eye without even glasses on actually even clear glasses, reading glasses. I'm not even talking just sunglasses here, especially sunglasses, but take glasses off, look into the sun, for a couple minutes. And if you can't look into the sun or can't get it right at sun, sun uh, rise, right. When it comes up, um, as soon as you can, or as soon as it's available, just go outside and just kind of look to the side of the sun a little bit, but basically getting light into the back of your eyeball, um, resets your circadian rhythm, your circadian rhythm. uh, I mean, goes back to sleep, right. And actually people who do get, adequate sunlight exposure into their eyes um it actually helps you sleep at night Mm -hmm. so morning sunlight helps you sleep at night better i like that yeah very uh, very profound yet so simple of an idea um the other thing you asked about was just body surface area yeah body surface area okay um i mean a couple times a week myself i run without my shirt on but then after that i actually sit on the grass barefoot and take my shirt off and i get that raise on the back and the front gotcha that's the best way to get your vitamin d awesome bar none beautiful yeah amen and then uh think right speak right and then uh we'll leave those to you and then uh food (laughs) there's only one right diet matt that's what. that's what that's what we're here to find out yeah yeah so, but you know, it's like going back to the favorite child. I can't tell you. So, um, yeah, on to food. There's, there's so many diets out there. Um, <clears throat> one time just for fun, I named as many diets as I could and like as quickly as I could. And I came up with, I think it was 23 different diets, just like within a minute and a half. Yeah, sounds about right. And so it's like the internet of dieting world. And it's just where do you go? And, you know, almost all of them have a large amount of truth to them, um, but they don't apply to everybody at that point in time. And so it's really knowing who you are, where you're at, Um, just at at the time you're at Mm -hmm. and what I go back to is real food as often as possible Mm -hmm. right I mean to me that just makes sense and a lot of times when I'm thinking about medicine or healing I should say I I Try to go back to what the the our ancestors, ancestors, ancestors would have been exposed to or had access to in an ideal environment, right? A lot, of the, obviously. A lot, there's been a lot of poverty. Still, is a lot of poverty. But assuming you take poverty out of the equation, like what does our natural world provide for us? Mm-hmm. And so, to me, it just seems like eat real food, closer to living, is best. Um, and Make sure it's organic, and biodynamic. If you choose to eat meat, that is very important to eat the whole animal. Um, so it's not just a meat thing. If you're eating just the muscle meat, um, yeah, you get you, you know you'll get protein, you'll get amino acids, but you're missing all of the other nutrients that an animal has to offer us, and. So from nose to tail is sometimes what it's called, and it's got to be organic grass fed raised Um, unhealthy meat is horrible. So if you're not eating organic grass fed, um, biodynamic regeneratively farmed um, type of meat, uh, don't eat it. You're better off actually eating vegetarian at that meal um, if you're not vegetarian or vegan already um so going to a if you're going out to a restaurant with friends and it's not good quality meat you should, you're actually better going with the uh the vegetarian options um is what That's i would it's cool. a great to throw in there um one of the best finds you said to me yoshi when i first met you and i still use this one today is i asked you what your thoughts were on meat and you said to me matt it could be one of the best things you could eat it could also be one of the worst things you can eat yeah it's about the quality and i thought yeah. i said it all right there so that's that's, that's yeah. yeah amen that, that, that's brilliant yeah. if i do say so myself this guy really is good, <laughs> um another aspect i would say is uh intermittent fasting of some sort so intermittent fasting it's certainly gained a lot of popularity these last couple of years i would say um, it's really just the idea of not eating 24 seven. That's really what it comes down to. Hey, slow down, man. I grew up in Italian house. What are right? you hey! ah! saying? <laughs> so we don't want to get up at 6 a.m., eat something, um, snack, have a lunch, eat dinner, and then have the after dinner snack. And then the after dinner, after dinner snack at 10 p.m. If my family's uh, listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um you know and that actually brings up jogging my um a thought kids can handle a lot more food than adults okay once we get into adult because we're growing right so we can, adulthood, please yeah <laughs> it's i it's a couple years from where we're at okay high waistline um Yeah. So, uh, you know, kids are kind of, when it comes to eating, it really, quantity, um, it it is a different situation. I'll just throw that out there. Um, But back to the intermittent fasting, if if I really, I think it's great if people are not eating for 12 hours a day. Hmm. I think that's kind of a minimum. Okay. Yeah. What I'd love to see is no food for fourteen sixteen okay. hours a day, um, and then some days so you 're basically putting your feeding window into eight hours ideally, some days a week you 'd be squishing that down that feeding window to a six hour and maybe even one or once or twice a week squishing that into a four hour window hmm. now caveats are depending on how much you 're exercising more often might be necessary. Um, menstruating females, um, need to be a little bit more careful about when, and if they're fasting, um, for a menstruating female that week kind of after the period stops, but before ovulation is the ideal time to, um, fast. OK, but again, I'm not talking about fasting for the whole week, right. um, just uh, doing that intermittent fasting a little bit more. This gives us shrinking our feeding window down, gives us this idea of metabolic flexibility. And so, again, kind of going back to our ancestors, 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 humans are not made. To always have food available right now we're in this like in the united states at least we're in this land of plenty we can always go to the fridge or the cupboard and just pull something out and eat it now i know because when i get stressed that's my that's like one of the things i do so i get you people i, I <laughs> totally jive with the number one way to self-regulate <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm good at it so I, I get it you know it's um it takes practice and uh, meaning to to move the needle on that but um, so important not to just reach for the cupboard when your emotions are off um or not ideal uh yeah what what questions do you have on that front cuz the the food and the eating i mean that's uh, you can go so, so many ways with that. I think you did a great job of, of, of like the broad strokes there. And just cause you're right. This, this is a whole nother conversation that, that has many rabbit holes. Um, <clears throat> um, but no, I loved it. I loved, the uh, uh, everything you said. So I got nothing, man. It was perfect. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess that brings us to kind of this idea of supplementation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so i you know it's interesting because mm-hmm. a lot of people come to our practice oasis family medicine and they're uh they don't want to be on drugs right they want something more natural and then we put them on this supplement and that supplement and honestly i'll, I'll just say i'm guilty of it myself is after a little bit people are on this whole long list of supplements and mm-hmm. i don't actually think that's good um i don't think people should be on You know, it's like it's it's much better to be on 20 supplements, probably instead of 20 medication prescription medications, but it's still missing the mark Mm -hmm. of, you know, really, again, doing everything we just talked about hitting getting a B, a B plus, maybe even an A in so many of those categories and Hitting hitting the mark that way, so that we don't need a whole bunch of supplements. Now Just to say, Yosh, that supplements should be supplements, not substitutes. Amen. That's a great way of saying it. Love it. And you know, I also believe in objective data. So that's where you know, depending on your current health situation, actually testing these levels, these vitamin levels, these mineral levels, nutrient levels. Uh, can be really wonderful because then you have some actual objective data. So it's not just some generic, oh, this is good because you can go online and but, I mean, you read about every good supplement that's healthy for you out there and you are gonna, I mean, you're gonna be taking 600 pills every day because right? it's all good for you. All you're really discovering is who's mark, who can market the best from your Google search. I mean, that's- Exactly. I that's occurring there. <laughs> yeah, e- exactly. So, you know, and I will say, I kind of think of disease or illness as being um, really either too much toxins and or too much nutritional deficiencies, right? Yeah. If we have our nutritional status at a good level, we can actually handle a lot of toxins. Resilient. And that speaks to the resiliency. And a lot of toxins, in my mind, I'm, I'm including so many things as toxins. I'm I'm talking emotional toxins. I'm talking heavy metals. I'm talking pesticides. I'm talking the air, all the chemicals in the air we breathe, and the ground, right? In our skincare products, um, going to the gas station, right? All of these things. Um, also, um, too much, too many microbes. So. a a potentially pathogenic bacteria or a pathogenic virus, right? So all of those are toxins, but the better our nutritional status is, the more resilience we have in handling those toxics toxins, because we live in, we live in the world, right? And it's a toxic world, but we can still live a vibrant life in this toxic world. And so I just want to throw that out there and, with that, I'll jump into a couple of recommendations because Real quick yes, before you go, I just want to like what you just said, I think is so important. And it made me think of the fact that these toxins, as you define them, which was a very broad description of toxins. Is this why if you search for something hard enough in somebody, you'll find it? Yes, because we it- live in the, the planet earth. Exactly. Like, we are full of toxins correct and, yeah. and and again i don't want to put words in your mouth but this is kind of what i'm what i'm hearing or how i'm interpreting this is sometimes really searching for things and finding them even though they may not be expressing themselves as a symptom would like could that be more of a detriment than a help absolutely okay absolutely okay. Absolutely. absolutely i'm kind of There's a lot of, um, yeah, it's kind of like, who doesn't have heavy metal toxicity? I mean, if we test everybody for that, like, it's going to show up, right? Well, this Um, kind of mirrors a lot of what I used to find in my clinic when I was doing rehab on people. Like, if you x-rayed enough people's backs, you'd find most people have some type of herniation. Yeah. It may or may not have anything to do with their low back pain, but because we found it, we tend to want to treat it right right uh, yes okay yes absolutely and you know um you know on the virus front like who hasn't been exposed to mono when during their teenage years or right. so it's like and EBV or Epstein-Barr virus is kind of the chronic version of that. Yes. And so who doesn't, if we test everybody for EBV, who doesn't have it? Right. Very few people don't have it. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, especially in the integrative medicine world, it's like, oh, we got to treat your EBV. Yeah. Well, only if it's a problem, right. right? Because so many viruses live within us. I mean, we're more we are yeah, more microbe than human cells. Right. I mean, we're, we have a pile of shit in us, <laughs> in our intestines right now, five pounds of bacteria in us, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, yes, so we, we want to be diligent about choosing what we're looking for, um, but also not putting our head in the sand, right? Yes. So it's kind of, it goes both ways, yes. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we do live in I mean our soils are more nutritionally deficient than they have ever been before so the reality is most people do have deficiencies and that's where I would always prefer people that are mindful of their eating exactly I mean it's it's very rare I don't know if I've I mean I we I live in LA so we're doing a lot of testing with people around here you know i don't maybe and if people are living somewhere else else really really healthy maybe they have better (laughs) nutritional statuses hopefully but i'm here i can tell you i have not seen a a perfect uh perfect report yet right and so that's where it's kind of it's great knowing okay, here's a couple of foods maybe I add into my diet, right? Because food as medicine should always be like the first um, source of nu- nutrients, right? So I, uh, food is medicine before supplements, okay? So again, those are my um, disclaimers on supplements, okay? Uh, with that being said, almost everybody is deficient in a lot of, in a, in a number of minerals. And so I love a really good multi-mineral uh, my favorite is something called Quintan or Quinton Quintan, quintessential um, sea yes, yes. minerals. Yes. It's super awesome stuff. I just got those last time I was in LA at your clinic, my friend. Yeah, it's the, it's like the best multi mineral there is out there, yeah. and um, I mean, it, like our whole body needs it. So every mm-hmm. every physiologic reaction that's occurring needs. Um, adequate minerals Um, that is also structured structured minerals so back to the structuring so multi-mineral but it doesn't have to be this quinton version at the end of the day just some multi-mineral is probably going to do the trick is the trace mineral drops and i'll put this stuff yeah yeah Yeah. like concentrates yes yeah that's a great one um that, that that's seriously a great a great one. Um, it's going to be very, very hard to overdo it. I don't think I've seen anybody overdo it. I mean, keeping the serving in in mind, right? Not that but we're like, challenging anybody, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for those of you who are not eating organ organ meats, mm-hmm. um, actually, an organ meat based supplement is probably a really good idea um because that has so many it's it's like your it's nature's best uh multivitamin mm-hmm. okay liver is kind of nature's best multivitamin i was gonna so, say i've heard yeah that. so like desiccated liver but it can be ideally mixed with a little bit of heart or kidneys and sorry if it sounds gross but this oh. is this is how humans used to eat and so simply by adding this in it can really just get, instead of taking a vitamin A supplement and a vitamin D supplement and a vitamin K and, you know, a B12 and a B6, it's like, let's, what can, what food? Okay. Now this is food in a capsule. So I'd prefer it from food, but the reality is it it can be hard to get it from food. Right. So we've done Yosh on that note. And uh, this is all Eve, my wife, of course, but she'll, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but we she'll cook the lip she'll cook the liver and then she'll chop it up into small little cubes and then freeze it, and then we'll throw it into our shakes. Yeah. Perfect. That, yeah. So that's to be great because I'm not a big liver fan. Me neither. Okay, great. And so she's like, How do I I'm like babe? How do I get this in there? And so she's yeah. like, We'll put it in little pellets, freeze it. So I'll throw it in my shake. And, you know, I got so much other stuff in there. I don't, I don't even realize it's there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you put in the can of, the whole can of um, soda in there too, or well, yeah, of like course. a cup of yeah. sugar, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Um, and so that's great. Another one, actually, if you kind of get it ground up. And so if you're doing, for those of you who do eat meat and you're doing a hamburger or something like grinding it up and um, just getting a little bit into the muscle meat, that's also a great way. It actually kind of adds flavor without making it nasty. Hmm. Um, Oh yeah. There's also liverwurst tends to be pretty nice. I'm sorry. (laughs) I agree. I agree. (laughs) I'm with you. So yes, organ meats. So multi-mineral organ meats. um, And then I'm going to name three that everybody's heard of, but it'll be kind of with a twist. So From just an immune system standpoint, zinc. Okay, but it needs to be zinc. Everybody knows zinc, but it needs to be zinc with a little bit of copper in it for proper balance. Um, Like everything in life, it's about balance, and copper and zinc. There's such a balance that happens with that. Is there Um, a particular brand, Yoshi, that you like with that has like a good copper zinc? Found. Yeah, I believe actually one that people have access to, life extensions, okay, cool, Great. life extensions is pretty available. Perfect. Um, so a, a zinc with copper, that's from an immune system standpoint. Now, this is frankly one that I'd rather people get tested before just taking though. Some people do not need extra zinc. Okay. And um, but most people do. Gotcha. Okay. Our our immune system. I mean. Somebody can fact check me on this, but I, I feel like we make 10 million new white blood cells every minute. Okay. And zinc is one of the more important, um, um, nutrients for our white blood cells to be made. And so you can imagine if we were a little, even just a little bit deficient in zinc, what happens minute after minute of making our white blood cells that are supposed to protect us? Right, oh, you can see back. real quickly what happens. Compounding effect in the wrong direction there. Yeah, exactly. So everybody knows zinc. Everybody's heard of zinc over the past couple of years, especially. But zinc with copper. Um, the other one is vitamin D. Everybody's heard of vitamin D at this point, right? But I do not believe that we should be taking oral vitamin D Mm. Our vitamin D should be made from the sun. Goes back to sunlight. Yes. Okay. Now vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. So we really, the human body is designed to, for the average person, again, this changes depending where in the world you are. um, But the average person will make vitamin D during the spring and summer months and then store it for the the fall, winter months. So it's not that you have to get the sun from a vitamin D standpoint every day of the year because that's impossible for most or for many people, I'll say. Um, but you, vitamin D stores in the body very well for at least three months, but upwards of six months. So it kind of makes sense. Make it in the spring and summer and then your body will take you through. Um, when just... Real briefly, laboratory values will want you between 30 and 100. Um, almost everybody I test is without supplementation or without light is probably between, uh, say, 15 and 30. Wow. It's, it's very rare that I see someone who's actually getting enough sunlight to make enough vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And vitamin D is profound when it comes mm-hmm. to immune system. Yeah. So it functions more like a hormone than a vitamin, right? Yes. Yeah. Well said. Um, So that's vitamin D, not as a pill, as a sunlight. Now in a pinch, would I rather have you take a pill? Yeah. It's better than having a vitamin D level of 15. Right. Okay. Uh, And then vitamin C, I think... Everybody knows vitamin C. That's probably the most common, right? That's probably the first vitamin that we really learn about. Um, but vitamin C is usually sold as ascorbic acid. Ascorbic acid just happens to be only part of the vitamin C molecule. Mm-hmm. And like so many things, um, the whole operates at a whole different level when it's ingested into our body. And Vitamin C actually is one of those things that our body does not make on its own. So we need to get it from exogenous sources. Now food with vitamin C is way better than taking ascorbic acid. Okay. And so, uh, rose hips, like any supplement with rose hips or, um, I don't know all the, all the citrus, um camu camu has a lot of vitamin c in it so the whole so vitamin c but as the whole vitamin c molecule got it um i Great. just want to like pound that into people not as a acid a acid should be used more like a, a medication in the middle of an illness right. okay. okay so that's fine yeah so it's, more, and, it's more of a targeted approach not a holistic yeah exactly so i'll leave it at that there's a bazillion wonderful supplements out there i prescribe them all day long but um that's a good uh, baseline for sure no it was awesome man great good and then i guess we'll just kind of finish up here with just some of the some of the things you guys are doing at your at OASIS, some of these interventions um, that I have just found fascinating. And I haven't had the pleasure of, of experiencing them all. Uh, I did get some of it last time I was out there, um, but I've had so many people engage with some of these things you guys are doing out there. And I know you're creating quite a stir out there as well because people are kind of traveling to get some of these interventions to your clinic. And uh, so I'd love to hear about just a couple of the things you're doing out there, especially when it comes to just. You know, supporting and building resiliency in the body. Yeah, happy to share. So I think first though, I just want to mention real quickly, like kind of give a little shout out to saunas are amazing. <laughs> Cold plunges are amazing. And everybody should have a nebulizer on hand. Yes. Yes. Nebulizers are way underappreciated. And when somebody's coming down with something, like having it already on hand mm-hmm. so that you can nebulize something is a really good, 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 good idea. Go get a nebulizer if you don't already have one. What are you trying to say, Yosh? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Um, And you can, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things you can nebulize from um, silver to hydrogen peroxide, to glutathione to iodine to essential oils. Um, the quinton, the minerals that I was mentioning. It doesn't even have to be quinton. It could just be a mineral, a, a saline, kind of a normal saline um, solution. So there's all kinds of things, but getting those in directly into the lungs is very, very healing. And if you catch a sickness right on the front end of that, um, it'll just neutralize it right away. So you don't have to go through all the all the rigmarole. Um, and then, so I wanted to give a shout out to those. And then, I guess I'll talk about ozone because I love ozone. Um, it's kind of it's what Matt. For those of you who are not familiar, it's what Matt's referring to. We do uh, ozone in our office. A lot of o- offices around the country do ozone. Um, I mean, I just did a like an hour and a half long podcast yesterday, all on ozone and yeah. this process that we're doing here called o3d i'll link i'll link that in this thing you're sure people oh yeah uh, they can cool look for the link i don't have because it was just done yesterday so i don't have that link yet Um, if it's not there yet it's because i don't have it yet but yeah (laughs) (laughs) or you can link the um the the podcast i did in december with dr pompa too so i can show that to you awesome Um, because that gives a pretty good update uh but anyway so o3d energizer it's it's amazing um boy how to succinctly say this so it's like ozone dialysis it's blood coming out of one arm through a filter which gives this huge surface area where we can um expose your blood to ozone to massive amounts of ozone but in a nice low dose so your body doesn't get overwhelmed or have a kind of a detox reaction, all while taking out inflammatory proteins, and then it gets put back into your body. And then we can also add on something called methylene blue with a bunch of different light therapies. And together, ozone plus methylene blue plus photons from all these light wavelengths, um, they basically what they do, the whole purpose of doing this is to charge up the mitochondria. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Right there. Mitochondria are the energy cells. They're like the the batteries in your cells and the more active tissues in your body have more mitochondria in them. So there's only the only red blood cells are the only uh, cell in our entire body that actually doesn't have mitochondria, do not have mitochondria in them. The day. But, <laughs> but um, brain cells, so neurons, Heart cells and actually ovaries have tons, I mean, tens of thousands of mitochondria in each cell. And the whole reason we eat food, breathe air, i.e., oxygen, is so that the food can give electrons and the oxygen together, kind of create, go into that furnace, i.e., the mitochondria, and spit out ATP or energy. Really, it's energy at the end of the day. And when we add photons, preferably from sunlight, (laughs) when we add photons in there, it speeds up that, it kind of pushes that production towards energy production. And when our body has enough energy, it knows how to heal. The resources, the resources, it's the currency of really everything in our body. Um, And so we put the, we get the right nutritional levels of all those minerals and whatnot and then get enough energy and your body will heal. Plain and simply, your body will heal. It, our body knows how to heal. We just have sometimes have to get out of our own way and um, let it get out it of the body's different. way. I'm yeah. <laughs> and so doing all of those lifestyle things, the, the supplements, those are really awesome baselines. That's where everybody's baseline um, should be doing those um, this O3D, you know, it takes time, it takes money, it takes energy, it takes effort to do it. It's a fantastic treatment. I think it's one of the best therapies out there um, currently. And a number of doctors are trying to get me to teach it to them. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really cool stuff. But it's not a silver bullet, mm. right? It, it's absolutely not. It doesn't cure everything. You got to do those, those basic things first got it it's Free just, people it's, yeah <laughs> so let me ask you yeah, ask in, me in a perfect world mm-hmm. assuming you had the resources and you know or let's just say it was for didn't cost you anything or anyone else and you're managing the other things you're getting bees right you're getting bees in the other categories would you get this treatment once a year once a quarter, like, uh, like one, probably once a quarter. Once a quarter. Okay. Yeah, Period. that'd be pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And last thing, I just want to say, this has been amazing. I can't tell you how much I've learned. So, thank you. Um, if we were to put the lifestyle and foods, if we were to like, uh, we'll put it in a pie graph of impact. Would you say lifestyle and foods is sixty percent of the game, seventy percent of the game? of the game supplements, interventions. Like, I'm just curious, like, where would you, I just think it's just to kind of wrap my head around and everybody else's head around that if I am not addressing these lifestyle variables, I'm basically negating 60% of the equation. And I'm putting all of this time into this place that can give me a 5% influence 5%. You, you know what i'm saying mm, yeah so again and again none of these things are scientifically measured yeah. i'd put the lifestyle things at 90 you would okay interesting yeah. i kind of thought you were going to say that but yeah, yeah. so everything else falls into that 10 percent, which i think is important for people to hear mm-hmm. right because we have such a tendency and i'm so glad you said it at the end there there's no magic bullet there's no silver bullet here like yeah. the basics are still the basics And so the lifestyle, the foods, I love it. 90% of the game. So if if you're failing any of those, you know, subjects, (laughs) that should be the place you put your focus first. And maybe you can use these other things as a way to bridge the gap, but they're not a substitute. They're not a substitute. And kind of one caveat would be okay, maybe somebody's really sick. Maybe somebody got Lyme like real, an acute Lyme infection, and it's going to turn into a chronic, you know, that can be a really tough situation. And I have seen people who are getting B's, even A's in like all of those categories, and still sick, like still symptomatic, that then that's something where like doing exactly. something like the therapies that I've talked about, um, that can just be a game changer then. Got it. Right. But again, you still even in that situation, it's still about doing the basics. Yes. Yeah, those boxes are checked. These other things can help when there's kind of we'll call it an extraneous circumstance, like a yeah. infection of some sort. Yeah, amazing, my man. Thank you, thank you. If there's, I mean, you've given us so much. Um, is there anything else that you would just like to share with people? Something you'd like them to know? Some, you know, little pearl of wisdom anything else to just share to the millions of people that are going to be watching this yeah i mean to to all 36 million people out there (laughs) um you know i I just want to i mean this is your audience so they're probably already in the mindset of of working with that what i call think right and speak right um that is so profound. And I mean, that, that it's like that in sleep and food. I mean, those are just, they're so core. And so I glossed over those in this interview, right? Because we're speaking to your audience, but the, that aspect, um, you know, I always remember, like, it was one of my first weeks in medical school. And it was like, they showed how the immune system responded to A picture of um, a gun versus a picture of Mother Teresa. And within seconds, the immune system goes up like a good in a good way to the picture to seeing a picture of Mother Teresa. And conversely, when you see a picture of a gun, obviously represents violence in this particular study, immune system dips. And so that just has always stuck with me because it was right. Like those first couple of weeks of medical school and that's what anxiety, like that gun kind of anxiety, depressed mood, like those feelings, those emotions are very synonymous from an immune system standpoint with that gun. And so we can just change our physiology on a dime by elevating our mood, by elevating our thoughts, by elevating the the people we're around, the energy we put out, elevating our vibration, right? And so I talked about all these other things, but at the end of the day, I could be getting an A plus on all of those. But if I'm not mentally here in a good space, raising the vibration for myself and, and offering that to others, then... I mean that's a huge chunk of our physiology. Just coming at it straight from a physiologic standpoint, like that's everything. So, parting words. So basically, watch the news more. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want ooh 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 ooh. Since you brought it up, so the number the first the the worst two risk factors for those of you who don't know over for death over the last couple of years from the the virus that shall not be named number one, obesity and number two, anxiety. In other words, anxiety was the number two killer. Mm -hmm. Like how does anxiety affect our immune system? Right. In, In other words, those people who died from that virus, the number two risk factor was anxiety. Wow. I mean, that, with looking at how many people died. I mean, that should really drive home how profound, um, the work that you're doing can be. Yeah. Yeah. Turn off the TV. Yeah. Turn. Yeah. Turn it off, please. (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) Amazing. I can't tell you how thankful I am for your time. And uh, I really think for the millions of people that are going to watch this, um, I know that, uh, a lot of people will benefit from this. And so if you have comments or anything you want to share here, um, you know, I, I hope this isn't the last time we get to do this, man. I know when you and I can geek out about stuff, we can, we can keep going. So as long as we have a container. Uh, <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> necessary. Yes, it's necessary. Um, but again, man, thank you so much for, for taking the time and sharing the wisdom you have with us and uh, hope to do this again someday, man. Yeah. Always learning. Always learning. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Health to Vitality podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast by clicking the subscribe button if you have not already, and we will see you on the next episode. Now get out there and get busy living.